Hi, and welcome to today's episode of Plastic Surgery Weekly. I'm your host, Clint Evans. My special guest today is Dr. James E. Vogel. How are you doing today, Dr. Vogel? Very good. Thank you for inviting me on your show. It's good to have you and to, to give you a little bit about Dr. Vogel. He's an associate professor at Johns Hopkins and also works in his own practice, owns his own practice. So before we get into some of the uh, insights and details here, Dr. Vogel, tell me a little bit about your background and your practice. Well, thank you. Uh, again, I appreciate your inviting me to be on your show and selecting me to participate today. Um, I've been in uh, practice uh, I, for the last 25 years, uh, exclusively practicing cosmetic surgery. I did my training here in, in Baltimore at Johns Hopkins, and I've stayed on uh, retaining my position there on the faculty, teaching the residents. I'm an associate professor at this point, and I also uh, maintain my private practice in Owings Mills, Maryland. My practice is exclusively devoted to aesthetic or cosmetic surgery. Gotcha. So, yeah, I guess you like the atmosphere there at John Hopkins, decided to stay on in the uh, at least one toe or one foot in the academic world there. Right. Well, it's been a good opportunity to uh, stay involved with academics and keep myself current with everything and to uh, teach the residents and pay back. It's a stimulating environment, but uh, I also enjoy the independence of my own private practice. So, I'm very fortunate. I have the best of both worlds. Yeah, all good factors there. Well, Dr. Vogel, tell me a little bit about how you got into plastic surgery. What attracted you in particular to plastic surgery over anything else you could have done with your life? Well, um, when I was in medical school in New York at Mount Sinai School of Medicine, I had some very good uh, mentors in surgery, and that excited me more than anything. I liked being in the operating room and I enjoyed the uh, process of uh, assessing surgical problems and treating them surgically and I had some great role models and mentors in plastic surgery and really became um, enamored with that field. It is a very uh, broad field, everything from pediatrics to adult, reconstructive to cosmetic and um, you know, it's a very fine, um, uh, detail-oriented um, specialty in general in surgery, and um, it really appealed to me. And I, I don't think I would be as happy or successful in any other field, um, even looking back. Yeah, sounds like you like those challenges and the and the detail side of it, which plastic surgery offered uh, offered solutions to both of those for you. Yes. So, Doc, tell me a little bit about it. I don't know if you're pioneering this or one of the first to adopt it because I haven't seen this procedure offered by a lot of other surgeons, the procedure called Kybella. Well, Kybella is a, uh, is a brand uh, name for the first FDA-approved injection to treat the double chin. The double chin, as most people know, is a localized collection of fat underneath the chin uh, most people that have it certainly know what it is and they don't like it and they are interested to get rid of it. Up to this point, the only real treatment for treating fat under the chin has been surgery. And so now, for the first time, we have um, Kybella, which is a naturally occurring chemical that's found in the body that's been laboratory created, and we can inject it into the chin. It dissolves the fat and uh, usually take several treatments, three, two to three treatments, 
and um, it does dissolve the fat, and we uh, then the skin contracts when the fat is gone, and um, the result is a more contoured uh, chin. Our, the, this is a very brand new product, only available in the last um, several months, and the company has uh, chosen a limited number of practices in the country to serve as central training centers. So uh, we were fortunate to uh, be asked to participate in that. And um, so we're one of the first in the country to be offering Kybella. And uh, we're also training other doctors as we go along to, um, you know, make it more available. Yeah, that's excellent. You get to offer it to your patients as one of the first and then again, satisfy your uh desire there to help contribute and, and educate more people to share with doctors in other areas of the countries to come learn from you on how to do it. Yes. So, I think that's pretty fantastic. Anything we can get that's natural and they can grow it in a greater quantity in the lab and uh, obviously be safe and gone through the process uh, is good because there are a lot of procedures and things out there that we might talk about later on with one of the topics in the show that people offer that aren't always as safe. So... Doc, I wanted to talk about next. I saw that you were recognized as a top doc in Baltimore Magazine. What does that recognition, that accolade, meant for your practice? Well, it's it's a very nice, uh, very nice accolade. Um, it's it's humbling. It in that it's uh, a uh, an award or a recognition that's uh, given or, or derived through peer voting and uh, other physicians in our community, so I, I appreciate it very much. I certainly am humbled by it, and, um, you know, it's uh, it's uh, just a very nice uh, recognition, and I think that uh, when patients come to the office, it's uh, a very uh, reinforcing uh, uh, credential that um, the doctor there visiting is respected by his colleagues, and, um, you know, obviously it... Uh, makes me feel very good you know your reputation is very important and uh so it's uh, it's a very very nice thing very appreciative for it yeah among your peers you're obviously getting the word out now here's the big question did you have to do your best donald trump or uh, hillary clinton impression for your campaign well the fact <laughs> is there was really no campaign gotcha. um it's just a matter of uh taking good care of the folks and um you know treating everybody the way you would want to be treated or have your family treated and you know, the rest takes care of itself. Yeah, obviously they're sending you those referrals and then words getting back to them that you're taking fantastic care of their patients. And so uh, your word within the community of your peers spreads. Thank you. So, Doc, there are, as we get into this, we've been in the modern world of the Internet age for probably over a decade now uh, in its realest sense. And there's a lot of new ideas and innovations. There's also a lot of disruptions in almost every industry because of how fast information can travel, how people can so easily collaborate now. What do you see as a big threat or disruption to plastic surgeons and their practices? Well, you know, I think that um, there's several threats, uh, and, uh, you know, one of them, and a lot of it has to do, unfortunately, with um, economics. One is that there's a, there are certainly patients who are seeking plastic surgery at lower cost and they're going abroad and they're having surgery done in other countries where the uh, standards for training and education are 
not as rigid as they are in the United States, and they're also having procedures performed in surgical settings that are not at the same standard that we would have them be here in the United States from a uh, cleanliness standpoint or preparedness for emergencies. And so they are really rolling the dice when they go to uh, go abroad. So I think that that is a, as a threat in that there are certain patients who ought to be and should be or would normally be staying in the country and in our communities and they're traveling outside the community uh, for a better price. Often they come back to our community and they've got complications that uh, need to be handled by uh, a board-certified plastic surgeon. The other threat that I think uh, is a, just a broad category of something to mention is that uh, there are many non plastic surgeons who are that was now the other dipping, side of the coin I was going to hit on. I'm glad you did that. Yeah, who are who are sort of uh, dipping into the arena of plastic surgery, and they're taking weekend courses to learn how to do eyelid surgery or liposuction or even breast surgery, even uh, facelift surgery. And um, they are, I think, doing patients a disservice uh, by even offering that opportunity, but, you know, it's all financially driven because these are non-insurance covered procedures, and um, they uh, are, you know, I think the the patients are naive in terms of going to some of these, or to going to any doctor who's not properly trained, and I think the doctors themselves are naive in thinking that it's so easy. Um, so I think that these are some of the threats. Ultimately, it's all all related to um, uh, patient uh, information and um, and in the importance of getting the word out to patients that they need to see a board-certified uh, plastic surgeon whose credentials are, um, are, are impeccable and who has a good reputation because surgery is very, very serious. And um, I think that these are some of the threats out there. Yeah, and like you're saying, the medical tourism and just the whole concept of price, obviously the more people that want it, there are going to be varying income levels in there and uh, all seeking a a solution for that desire. So there are the risks, and I'm sure you've seen with the medical tourism side, those complications that come back, had they just originally gone to vetted somebody in the U.S. that's board certified, the overall cost would have been lower once you take into account they went overseas, they did that, saved some money, but then they come back with the complications and uh, getting those fixed ends up costing more overall than they would have if they'd had it done uh, here in the first place. So I think that's very important to have that education and make sure people are able to vet and and research anybody that's going to be going inside your body. That's a very important thing. So Absolutely. As our final topic here, Doc, what do you feel, you've been in practice 25 years now, that's quite a breadth of experience, what do you feel has been the main driver for the growth of your practice? Well, I I think the main driver for growth of our practice is taking care of patients uh, in an excellent manner and providing uh, sound advice when they come in for consultation and offering them honest opinions and making sure that uh, they understand the goals, risks, and likelihood of success for any planned procedure they're asking about and uh, being honest to tell them if we don't feel that their expectations can be met. And then I think the other driver of the practice has been providing excellent um, 
surgical care and uh, results that do meet their expectations. And I think the other important driving force is an excellent staff that uh, provides outstanding professional support to the patients pre and intra and post-operatively. And um, that also includes the wonderful staff that we have that provide non-surgical options for patients, such as Botox, fillers, and Kybella, as you've mentioned, and, um, and you know, non-surgical things. So it's a, it's a package, uh, and I think uh, just taking good care of the folks has been the main driving factor to uh, continued success for the practice. Yeah, I think you mentioned three or four factors there that uh, hold up a good strong stool or a good strong structure versus just one or two legs, and uh, it comes tumbling down. So the other big point you made there was expectations. And if the patient comes in with certain expectations that their genetics or their look won't allow them to cheat, they want to look like some celebrity and they just don't have the, the bone structure or whatever to get there, um, I think being important there that you tell them, well, based on these factors, we can't can't get you there and achieve that outcome instead of just, oh, yeah, I, I'm not saying that other surgeons do this, but I have heard some stories of people that got procedures and then felt like they got sold, even though they had no chance of getting the outcome that they were looking for. So that level of transparency and being honest to say, hey, we, we can't help you achieve this particular outcome is very important. So, Dr. Vogel, tell each listener as we wrap this interview where they can find out about you and what you're currently working on. Well, I thank you. Uh, our website is always a good place to start. It is Dr. Vogel, V-O-G-E-L, Dr. Vogel, Plastic Surgeon.com. My office is in Owings Mills, Maryland. Um, our phone number is 410-484-8860. And... Um, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Yeah, thank you very much. And for you out there listening, we will have a link to Dr. Vogel's website, so you can click right on that as you're listening to this episode and see what he's working on, find out more information. So thanks again for sharing your insights with us here on the episode today, Dr. Vogel. Thank you. It was great to have you, and thank you for sharing this time with us. I'm your host, Clint Evans. We will see you on the next episode of Plastic Surgery Weekly.